0: Hello
1: and welcome to Bad Hasbara, the world's most moral podcast. Uh, My name is Matt Lieb. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast that covers everything propaganda specifically in israel um like i said my name is matt lieb and uh joining me today first and foremost uh my sometimes co-host and my new best friend and my new brother ladies and gentlemen daniel mate is
0: here there he is what's up buddy what's up matt Uh, that's wild to be introduced as your sometimes co-host this is a new development i'm very excited about
1: yes yes you know i uh you know i texted you i i did a thing where i you know it was very asking someone to prom um i was just like so i mean you know i don't know if you want to (laughs) like sometimes like whenever you're available obviously like if you have another like guy friend that you want to like podcast with i get it that's fine like, I understand, like, I don't, I'm not even tripping.
0: <laughs> uh, my, I mean, my friends say you're not in my league, but you know, I just figure, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just gonna... trying
1: to shoot my shot, you know, like, yeah. hey, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't shoot or something. Maybe you're, maybe
0: you're into losers and underachievers.
1: Yeah. 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 I, th- yeah. I feel like you'll be charmed, uh, by my meekness uh i feel like if i'm if i present myself as more meek if i present my um soft uh belly to you um then you will be my friend and podcast with me sometimes
0: i don't know who you think you're talking to i've been doing this self-deprecating ashkenazi <laughs> Nebish jew a lot longer than you have <laughs> that's true you know like we, we might have to fight it out for who's the alpha yeah you know, yeah the, al- the alpha, the alpha of,
1: yeah who's the alpha of betas <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> dominate with our submissiveness
1: that's right this uh is getting hot. this is getting hot this is a hot pod um just a reminder to everyone out there please five stars in review on all of the podcast apps you have out there um and uh please you know uh hit that super chat the payment thing you see daniel there's this thing that uh because the show can barely do ads on youtube mm-hmm. um because uh i keep using copyrighted material whatever i'm a badass um
0: you, you but, haven't thought of getting the katusha rocket uh corporation to advertise ooh,
1: katusha if you're out there i know you need some good press and it's <laughs> time uh i've been i i i you know i know that i know that they still got katushas over there and he, you know hezbollah's got those katushas i so wonder yeah, I wonder if, uh, you know, is there still like a company? I mean, that are they still around? Or are they just old weapons? These are questions that I have.
0: I man. feel like old old man Katusha died, and the Katusha <laughs> siblings had this. There was this this row. You know, they had about, oh sure About, the <laughs> about succession, which direction, take, which direction to take the company? Like one of them wanted to invest in real estate. The other sure. one was like no. Um, so it, no, I want, sure I want more thing.
1: rockets. I want more rockets. And the other one was like, why don't we, uh, I don't know, pivot to shoes, you know, so, uh, hype beast needs something to wear. Katusha shoes. Anyways, super chat, Put, uh, you know, say, Hey, I love the show. And then, you know, give a dollar that that'll be sick. Um, and also, uh, there's a subreddit, um, run by our mod JP Ben, check it out. Uh, you or no, not you R slash bad Uh, Okay, today we have a lot uh, to cover and we have a great guest. Uh, They are a student, they are an activist, uh, they are someone who listens to the show, and I was very honored to uh, hear that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, our guest today is Noi Katzman. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I guess that's a loaded question, how are you doing?
2: Uh, it's fine. I'm in uh, I'm in Germany. In the meantime, it's uh, pretty cold yeah. here. I would say,
1: yeah, pretty we, frozen we just, days. I just had a a guest uh, from Germany on the uh, last episode who was in Germany, and I was uh, also hearing about the coldness. Which uh, it's like sixty degrees Fahrenheit in Los Angeles right now, so I kind of get it.
0: We're just yeah. coming out of a cold snap here in Brooklyn, where it was in the minus Celsius degrees. Matt is definitely uh, flaunting his warm privilege.
1: Yes, I, I'm. I wore. I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. You. You guys. You know. You're,
0: you guys are all bundled
1: up. I'm. I could be naked, and I, it would be. It would be fine. Um. But uh, yeah. The, the. Thank you so much, Noi, for coming on the show. Um. When. You reached out. I had actually seen an interview with you already on um, CNN um, with Jake Tapper. Um, And uh, so I was um, stoked that you actually wanted to come on to the show and that you listened to it at all. Um, And I wanted to ask you about your story um i think it's fascinating and i think it's um poignant and something that i think our listeners um a perspective our listeners do not often get to hear from mainstream news outlets um so uh, from what i understand your brother was uh one of the uh victims on october 7th um and What I saw was you, uh, I believe Breaking the Silence, shared the clip of you on Jake Tapper um, speaking out against the idea of using um, these deaths of, uh, you know, obviously in your family and then of the other, uh, you know, civilians who were murdered uh, as a pretext to do more murder. And I wanted to speak to you about that and about your story.
2: Um, yes, um, sad, sad, sadly, like you know, um, it was after what happened in October. Um, so I was like, <clears throat> first of all, I was really shocked and sad with what happened to my brother. Um, sure. But, like, as an activist, so I understood because I know, I think all of us know the equation that as many Jews that are killed, you need to kill times 10, 20, 100. I don't know where we are now. But yeah. I know, as someone who lived all my life in Israel, I know that that's what's going to happen. So I felt like, okay, I have the option now. It's like my one option to say something before, like, yes. Um, well, it didn't seem it helped too much, sadly. But um,
1: yes. But, but an important thing um, to say to kind of fight against, I think, the current of um i don't know mainstream uh media outlets um almost ignoring the idea that um or taking for granted the idea that like people would have uh, a range of opinions outside of taking um immediate uh and brutal revenge on um the people of gaza so for for me it was um uh it was eye opening and amazing to hear. And, um, unfortunately, um, voices like yourself have been, um, silenced or just not given any space at all. Um, and I want to ask your experience, uh, about that and whether or not, um, that is something you are experiencing in both, uh, Western media and in Israel, or, um, or is there more robust talk about that in Israel?
2: Uh, Well, in Israel, uh, you can't say anything that is not like, that is like even saying that there are innocent people in Gaza is something uh, difficult to say. Um, After my interviews, so first of all, I didn't get, of course, any interview from any mainstream uh, media in Israel, except for the most, most lefty channel that no one even knows about. It's just a website called (laughs) Local Talk, but no one heard of it. (laughs) um
1: (laughs) well that's kind of this podcast is basically the american version of local talk i'm sorry (laughs) no one's heard of this either
2: yes but uh some israelis who were were, who got to my video somehow so i got actually very interesting uh uh messages like a lot of uh yes like uh the favorite one the classic of uh horror go to gaza you know yeah um, which as a trans uh, non-binary woman, I see it uh, as a compliment in a way, you know, it's, uh, very validating.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You're like me before. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, but uh, yeah. yes, it wasn't uh, the most. So there's like, so because the Israelis, I think because all of this wasn't covered in the Israeli media. So I didn't get as many as uh, insults as I expected I do. I will because like as I get to. also in other occasions when i uh expressed my uh radical ideas that we shouldn't kill innocent people in gaza like right. that's now in israel it's something i'm wow
0: or even <laughs> that such a thing even that such a such a kind of human being exists in innocent gaza yeah yeah
1: yeah, that idea, uh, in and of itself is, um, and I'll play some video, uh, a little bit later where, um, that becomes very apparent that that is a, uh, idea that people are now, I mean, they're just, they've been saying it out loud for the last three months. The idea of innocence, uh, innocent Palestinians, uh, innocent Gazans specifically is just, uh, it's now, uh, you know, in question as if that's not clear, clearly genocidal language, um, but yeah, um,
2: uh... In, uh, can I say in uh, my university? Please. So um, so the rector sent a mess, uh, letter to all of the students about uh, rules of discourse and how you suppo- you're speak uh, with respect to each other in uh, the university. And one of the lines that shocked me was uh, talking like, uh, wait, okay saying that you aren't allowed to uh uh kill innocent people is allowed like you wrote it as something that is allowed to say in the university yeah
1: just so you yeah (laughs) in case anyone was questioning whether or not that was
0: something so what isn't allowed
1: what's
0: (laughs) what what goes too far i'm wondering i mean it's weird Um, it's weird that a university would be issuing guidelines of acceptable speech it strikes me as that if anywhere is supposed to be a bastion of free speech, at least in the American context. Although, of course, we're we're seeing now that there is an Israel exception. Yeah. But what sort of lines were they drawing?
2: Um, To talk about your own feelings and to talk about uh, to be respectful or whatever. But uh, it's interesting they said it, but they didn't say if you're allowed to, like, criticize Israel's uh, policy in Gaza. So I guess (laughs) that you aren't allowed to.
0: So you can be you, you can lament the situation, you can express Sort of regret, but not remorse, or not, not, right. uh, not, not rebuke the government. Uh, no, I just, just to, to make things more real, I, 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 I haven't watched the Jake Tapper clip. What was your brother's name?
2: Uh, my brother's name is Chaim. Uh, we are uh, Chaim. an American family. Both of my parents are uh, Zionists, and I moved to Israel, and I needed to deal with the consequences. Mm. <laughs> um, me and my uh all of my family my brother was actually he was uh he wrote about religious zionism to the uh, our family he was he also uh did made his phd in uh university of washington in seattle where my grandfather is mm-hmm. and he was a real serious peace activist like very mm. radical um it's funny a lot a lot of like uh especially israel uh uh, coverage tried to make it like he was like yes he loved peace or whatever but he was like he went to like the west bank and he protected uh mm-hmm. palestinians from settlers in the army yeah it was like very serious stuff like very not like did, just uh,
0: did that kind of activism upset your family
2: um well I think it divides um actually it's interesting because uh after i I guess it's happened in many american families but after like uh was it 2016 was trump and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah so my family started this division my mother was really anti-trump and my father was really Mm -hmm. pro-trump and it made a lot of tension in the family um so i would say uh Yes, uh, my mother is more like more feminist, more liberal, and my sure. my father is more on the right side. But there is a, some kind of liberalism still, like this old liberalism that you believe in, you know?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you um, when uh, your so did you and your brother move to? Uh, Israel at the same time, or uh, when When did you move there, or did your whole family move there?
2: No, my parents got married. My father's from Seattle, my mother's mm-hmm. from Cincinnati. They moved to, they got married, they met in New York. Um, they met, they, uh, and then they were just done as they moved to Israel. So, and I, all of my family, except for my oldest brother, was one year old,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
2: were born and raised in Israel. So I actually lived in Israel all my life. I mean, this is the first time in Germany. (laughs) It's like I left in September for student exchange. The first time I'm living outside of Israel. Oh, wow. I need to come back like on 7th of October. It was uh, it wasn't that
0: that is nuts. From what I understand, Berlin is just full of Israelis. It's like Mm -hmm. it's like an Israeli refugee camp. (laughs) Well, (laughs) now more
2: so than before, maybe. (laughs) uh yeah so uh that, that's one of the reasons I didn't go to Berlin. It's also expensive, and uh, also uh many is Isra- i i once uh i I recorded a voice message in Hebrew, and suddenly someone did, like talked to me in Hebrew, and I was like, "Oh no, I don't want this experience
0: <laughs> well but so so how much of that that sort of uh uh emigration from israel? That seems to be like, I don't know what the numbers are these days of like so-called Aliyah versus so-called Yerida, which are the two terms for moving there and moving away, literally meaning going up and going down. It's like an <laughs> elevator. It's like a spiritual going up, going down. Going down. Like yep. droopy, droopy, and like going absurd, Zionism, sir, <laughs> Z- Z-
1: Alias sir. Alia, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: but how much of the, the the exiting Israel has to do with young people just feeling the creeping fascism, militarism, not wanting to have anything to do with it, or is it more just culturally wanting to be more worldly? Or or feeling trapped in in
1: such a small um, space that was, you know, that's what I've heard from uh, some Israeli friends who moved. It was just feeling like there's a whole world
0: outside of there. Yeah, and Israel's basically the size of New Jersey or Vancouver Island. So, yeah, what would you say about what's what's motivating people to leave?
2: Uh, Well, I would say, sadly, it it started like before the, also before 7th of October because of the really right uh, wing government even more right wing than we're used to (laughs) right (laughs) like we're used to really radical right wing and suddenly it can be even worse we were yeah um but sadly like the i I feel most of it is like uh liberal zionists like bourgeois liberal zionists who like feel that they're stealing from them like because okay so before so the liberal zionists were the elite in israel Mm -hmm. and then like uh, now the settlers are taking over, and the uh, religious Zionism is taking over. So a lot of people felt it's not their country anymore. Uh, they just were, were. Uh, I think they were disappointed that they aren't, that they aren't uh, like uh, uh, killing Palestinians anymore, that other people are doing that. You know?
0: Well, you know what that you know what <laughs> that reminds pleasure, me of. You know, <laughs> you know what that reminds me of. It's uncanny. This the minute thousand sixteen happened. Yeah, the entire liber- liberal class in America says, "Not my president." Yeah, this is no, I don't rec- This is not who this we is, are. This is not my like, America. Like fuck, it's not who you are.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Obama, you know, drone bombing, kicking mm-hmm. out Latino immigrants. I mean, absolutely, it's who you are. Trump's just a much less flattering face for it. That doesn't make you
2: feel as good about yourself.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is uh, a because, more. Uh... Yeah. Go ahead.
2: No, because uh, Benny Gantz, which is the star of the liberal uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Israeli thing, he made a video that he uh, a video for one of the last uh, elections that he brought when he was like the chief of the army, of course. So he brought Gaza back to the stone age. So he made it was it's like a terrible video that it's like counting up the numbers of of uh, Palestinians in Gaza he killed. Ugh. So, this is the alternative to Benjamin Netanyahu. At the moment. Right.
1: Yeah. And so, you think, uh, you know, or th- your experience is that uh, a lot of people were just moving because they were disillusioned with the... They saw the right word shift and said, this is going too far right. And, uh, is, like, I got to get out while the getting's good? Or I got to get out um, just so that I am not... Um, uh, by staying here complicit in what the state is doing and what it's becoming
2: yes I mean I, I think the liberals um, it's like they're right wing but they're like say oh at least we like their one thing their one flag is like we like LGBTs uh, right. Jew, LGBT Jews of course yeah. right, right, right 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 you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. LGBTs yeah. From the you can't States. love all
1: LGBTs <laughs> you gotta pick one race and or religion come on LGBT
0: lgbt jew plus <laughs> <laughs> or jew minus yeah or jew minus yeah. either way because <laughs> they don't because they don't like anti-zionist LGBT. like i doubt they're a big fan of you uh
2: no they aren't they yeah, as so i said it wasn't interviewed anywhere um yes i'm uh spoke did you see this photo of uh oh i think you talked about it once Matt, mm. that uh he has of the soldier with the big uh the big pride (laughs) flag
1: uh yeah on the rubble of people's homes uh and then there's also the you know two idf soldiers uh male soldiers i think who are uh uh one is asking the other to marry them or maybe maybe i'm confusing uh my my husband images but uh yeah definitely a lot of pink washing that I've seen coming from liberal Zionists. Uh, and it seems to be like the main point of uh, like um, point of pride, so to speak. Um, and it's
0: also it's also a point of attack. Glenn Greenwald did uh, yes. a very good video about this last week, mm-hmm. about how as a gay man, one of the things he gets from some of his right wing viewers is, mm-hmm. OK, you go to Gaza and they'll rape you and throw you off a roof or whatever. Right. You know, And this is supposed to, even if that's true, this is supposed to in some way uh, induce him to support a genocide <laughs> right. yeah,
1: it's like, oh man, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Kill them all. Yeah, yeah.
2: yes, uh, that, yeah. Th- that's what people always tell me every time I write something about against genocide or I don't I also I really try to make my uh, messages like more uh easy for Israelis to guess because at least I want them to hear something. But they yeah. always tell me, "Oh, if you were in Gaza one one time, so uh, like you would get killed or something." One 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 once wrote to me in a private message, "If you would try to walk in Gaza with uh with a dress, let's see how it will uh, how will you do with that?" And I told him, so "I told him, does it turn you on? Like it, <laughs> it like really like."
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow you're you're imagining a lot of sexual imagery here and
0: violent imagery so it sounds like you need therapy well speaking of which i saw the most horrible thing mm-hmm. and and uh you know and this i think always happens with rapacious and you know r- rapacious you know the root of that word uh <laughs> uh it, um regimes where you, you have to sexualize and eroticize your your desire to dominate you have to put that yeah. energy somewhere and the tension of it and it gets kinky in your mind i saw a video of one of these fucking rockets mm. that mike pence and 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 other uh reprobates are writing on right uh, which, which you know i was i was thinking if someone wants to invest in uh, a kind of rocket that self-destructs five seconds after someone takes a Sharpie to it. Oh. I would totally, I would, I would invest, but um, <laughs> Great I, mean, idea. I kid, I kid, but I half don't, but it said, <laughs> it, it actually said the dildo of consequences rarely comes lubed. And someone proudly posted this on Instagram and the comments are all like, ha ha ha. Finally, we found something that could like fill Mia Khalifa or some shit. Like, like just yeah. the misogyny, the porn-brained mm-hmm. fucking um, hatred, and the eroticization of their own supremacy yeah. was fucking wild to me. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I also find it interesting too that like uh, you know I get um, I get attacked by uh, like racist like nazi white supremacist jew haters um on the internet and whatnot and i always find that they um in general um talk about th- how they themselves are gonna get me um and that's nothing new um but what i find with uh zionists uh who are mad at my um posts or whatever um is that they like to rather than they themselves wishing me harm, they like to tell me how much their enemy would harm, uh, would harm me. Their their whole thing is, is uh, basically outsourcing the torture and murder of me to uh, people that they are trying to convince me to hate. <laughs> and-
0: listen, 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 <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> yeah. Matthew, Matetyahu. I'm I'm not saying I'm going to do anything to you. You're my brother. Okay. Yeah, my I would brother. never. I'm just saying. I know a guy. I murdered his whole family. <laughs> He's going to blame you. Yeah. And when he comes for you, I might not be there. Yeah. 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 So what do you, so will you join?
3: <laughs> <It's> a-
1: <laughs> so come aboard. So come aboard. Yeah. I love, uh, I love the recruiting tactic of, oh, uh, so join specific. or I'm going to get this guy to murder and rape you. Uh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice.
2: Uh... Um, I wanted to add that uh, I was, yesterday I was in the Israeli embassy in Berlin, mm-hmm. I to get some documents, and I found this amazing document. Uh, can I show it to you a second?
1: Yes, please. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh,
2: a whole brochure.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Look at that. <laughs> that is a Chad. <laughs> That is – all right. So for those listening at home, it is uh, – it says L- uh, LGBTQ plus in Israel, rainbow flag there. Uh Oh, it's a trans flag as well. Um, and it's just – it's a shirtless – it's a group of men, but one of them is no shirt, it's oiled up, big pecs, looking fly, looking ready to come kick a whole family out of their home for existing. Awesome just beautiful.
0: I th- that that puts the that puts the hot in Hatikva, am I right? <laughs> no. I I really I love the uh there's
1: kind of a dual purpose in the like uh sexualization is a big part of um I think uh Hezbollah in that You've got it, you know, in one sense, you've got it used as a weapon, as we were just talking about the idea of like, you you know, these people that you care so much about would rape you like they love to mention uh, sexual violence, but they also use it as a sales tool as like, you know, uh, the hotter the IDF soldier, um, the more likely they are to be uh, front and center in a video um about you know like the horrors of october 7th or whatnot it's like they and like that brochure is a perfect example of just like what what is that other than like hey men do you like to fuck come to israel we also like to fuck which is i mean cool (laughs) listen
0: who doesn't like to fuck our lady soldiers won't report it to anybody. Right, exactly. <laughs> Are you sick and tired of this feminist movement ruining the U.S. military? It's just like this. You should Id- see our, you should see our numbers of complaints that we didn't investigate last year.
1: I, uh, I love the idea of selling, selling Israel as is like the land of, uh, land of mommy milkers and honey. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> 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 mommy milkers and honeys yeah, money yes mommy milkers and honeys just oh man it is it is really um i mean you know it plays on that part of my brain that like middle school part of my brain that like um like the same thing that made me excited to one day go to israel is the same thing that made me one day excited to go to college which was literally just like i hear people fuck there
0: Sexual Zionism,
1: yeah, sexual Zionism, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, But
0: uh, back to so what was it like? Yeah. What was it like growing up, just having sex all the time? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in uh, only. I grew up in a religious family, so uh, I went to only school, wow. uh, only boy schools. Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean there wasn't uh, fucking, you know. Um, yeah, it was I mean... just uh, more hidden.
0: Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh so
2: can I just, I, I, can I just say something please. quick
0: about Israeli hotness? Yes, <laughs> I, 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 because I please. grew up going to ha- Habonim Dror summer camp. I don't know if you know that movement. Noy, you know, affiliated with Hashomer Hatzair, kibbutz based, and we always had female madrichim counselors, mm-hmm. and they had just come out of the army, and there was an aura, a mystique about these women and about the men, mm-hmm. and you know, my girl campmates were gaga over these, uh, you know, gvarim, uh, if that's the right term, um, but with the women, there was a kind of distant hotness, there was a kind of just exoticness. And I always just thought, well, that's just, that's just Israel's sexiness. Right. Then I saw this video recently where it was female soldiers reporting on their experience in the army. And there was this one woman giving a testimony and she says, I shot a boy once and she has this faraway look in her eyes and she's got a smile on her lips, but the eyes don't match it. There's a kind of dissociation. And I recognized that look from something having to do with a certain kind of Israeli mystery. And I wonder, I just, it made me wonder, is it possible that all these years, what we've been lusting after is a kind of dissociative. I mean, look, Israelis are good looking. There's no doubt about that. And yeah, many of them yeah, are yeah. in shape much more than North American Jews are because of the army. But beyond that, I wonder, like, have we been attracted to a certain kind of distance from trauma or a certain kind of psychological coping mechanism? I wonder what you think about that, No, if you think anything about uh, of it at all.
2: Um, what, like, about... The hotness, just,
0: of- just 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 the Israeli psychology of of like, what does it take to may- maybe may- maybe not the hotness thing, but just the dis the the dissociation that is. I mean, you see it in the eyes of of porn actors too. You know, there's a mm. kind of dissociation from your own body that you have to take on if you're going to constantly be doing that. Uh, and maybe yeah. I'm going way far afield with this, but I just I, I it it really struck me.
2: Yes, I think, um, I think it's a problem because, like me also, I was in the Army, I was in the Navy, actually. and, like you always need to convince yourself that you're doing the right thing, even though like I was kind of a, I guess when I entered the Army, I was kind of a liberal Zionist, left liberal Zionist, mm-hmm. how you whatever you call that. So you always need to kind of convince yourself that what you're doing is okay. and like there's there's a lot of power behind you and a lot of people that make you feel. Like make sure you feel okay with what you're doing, um, but I guess like of course, it can't like when you're doing things that aren't like uh yes <laughs> what you are you know
0: yeah,
1: yeah.
2: not moral, but not like what yes, you think you're moral, but you're doing non not moral things it becomes and something... they go against
0: your kind of their son kind of soul destroying, like some part of you can't be with it, you know,
2: can I tell you uh, Yes a story from the Army, so I was in a boat and and uh my boat we we guarded Gaza, so we went back and forth in a boat in gaza small boat and one night um, we just crashed into a a small boat of uh and a fisherman, and we just killed a fisherman oh wow, and like uh and I remember all of the People like so they send you a psychologist but like and they try to like convince you it's it was a difficult thing there's a lot of difficult things like this and you need to like somehow convince yourself that it's okay convince yourself that you're okay you know was it an accident and what or was it claimed to be an accident no it was definitely an accident um
3: but I, i remember they
2: like told us yes we shouldn't like uh um like publicize it because it may make them like uh like uh get against us you know like if the palestinians right. will know we did it so like they will uh, yeah that, that's what'll just...
0: tip them over into resenting you <laughs> yeah. finally after all these years of giving you a giving you a free pass no more mr nice palestinian <laughs> yes but of course but of course it's not an accident in the broader sense because what the fuck were you doing in their waters in the first place you know? well
1: yeah i mean listen someone someone's got to make sure that uh you know, supplies don't get in, don't get out, and also like if they you no, know, it's the, not.
2: It's not even that. It's, yeah, it's not even that. It's just like you. They can fish six miles away. Right. If we feel good, we let them nine miles, twelve miles. If we don't feel good this day, we we let them last. It's not. It wasn't even like for security. Right? Like it was some of it was no. You're, but you're most protecting of it was deep just wa- like you're protecting the
0: deep water fish.
1: Well, you don't want to radicalize them like, you know, the deep water fish are right now um, neutral, if not a little bit pro-Zionist. But as soon as you get the Palestinians in there, (laughs) then right, you you want a Gazan (laughs) shark to start attacking beachgoers in Tel Aviv? Is that you want? You want a Hamas shark? Come on, man.
0: They teach their fish to hate (laughs) Jews. They catch them. Oh. They whisper Allahu Akbar in their ears over and over again. <laughs> and then they catch, indoctrinate, release.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Um, Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save
1: big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. So uh, continuing on, uh, uh, Noé, your brother Chaim was in a kibbutz, uh, living in a kibbutz. Um, Do you know the name of the kibbutz? Okay. Uh, do you know um what the status of that kibbutz is right now? Is it is are people are residents uh have they moved back in um or anything?
2: No uh no, I don't
1: think so. I oh, don't think okay. they moved in. last I was updated. Yeah, well uh that is um not uh a um unique story. Uh I was um, alerted to this really fascinating, wild um, development that's going on um, in Israel right now with regards to uh, the kibbutzim that were attacked on uh, the 7th, Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys have read much about this, but uh, many of them have been uh, turned into uh, tourist attractions, um, by both the state of Israel and now uh, by private tourism companies. Um, so I the message I got is from uh, an Israeli um, who sent me this message. Um, I wanted to share with you an example of Bad Hasbara from the Israeli perspective. Um, from the beginning of the war, uh, the IDF uses the houses of the victims of October 7th uh, in the kibbutzim as a hezbara site the owners of uh, these houses are now displaced or held host uh, held or held as hostages in Gaza but it uh, it doesn't disturb the authorities to nationalize their trauma without even asking them um, and the worst part is that a tourist uh, company Uh, entered uh, into the business and are taking money for these tours. Um, The people who live there didn't even know about it or specifically allow it. Um, Imagine your community and your family barely uh, being able to survive a cruel terror attack. Uh, Many of them were uh, murdered and abducted. Your home's burned and you left uh, with nothing. Um, In the state who abandoned you, Uh, once during the attack, now takes your house, inviting strangers to your most private place, making money from your tragedy. Um, And when I heard about this, a lot of things clicked into place for me. Because I don't know uh, about y'all, but um, at least in my life, I know a few people who, since the seventh, uh, American Jews who have gone like full Zionist. Um and uh, th- this ranges from like just you know private people who are just people I know to comedians that I know, uh, comedians that I think a lot of us have seen, uh, you know, uh, Michael Rappaport and Lee Kern, for example, alleged
0: alleged comedians,
1: alleged comedians, uh, actors turned comedians, some of them, uh, and uh, they, I, I and including like stand-up comics who so I'm like. They're not even famous. What are they? What are they doing? How do they have like a <laughs> like? I I didn't. I would see these videos of them at the sites uh, of terror attacks on a, uh, on October seventh, um, getting these guided tours, and I was like uh, thinking, well, do people think that they are news media? Like, what what is going on here? I had no idea that this is turned into an entire business of uh, Hasbara that is. Um, Uh, you know, at the expense of the people who lived there who would like to return home. And um, just here is one example that I wanted to play for y'all of uh, one of the name that was hit was named uh, Kafaraza. And uh, there is an evangelical tour that happened recently uh, with... uh, The uh, ex-governor Mike Huckabee, now Fox News contributor Mike Huckabee, was there. And uh, here's a little bit of uh, some of the trauma porn slash uh, uh, revenge-inducing propaganda that
2: they made.
3: With the delegation of
2: evangelical leaders led by Joe Rosenberg and uh, Governor Mike Huckabee.
3: Kibbutz Kfaraza on the 6th of October had 900 civilians living here. On this,
1: I just want to say again, they find the hottest <laughs> the hottest one and they're like put her front and center.
3: Seventh of October,
0: the days on the sixth of October, Kvar Aza had 900 Israeli citizens living here. They can fuck off. They are not allowed to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now <laughs> it has 60 tour guides living here. One yeah. hot dog vendor <laughs> yeah, and, and, and seven Israeli Arab janitors.
1: Yes, and a small church for all the evangelicals who are coming. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a chaplain. <laughs>
3: yeah. On the 7th of October and the days following, 63 were murdered in this kibbutz, 18 kidnapped into Gaza. Some of them are still in Gaza, as we're, as we're speaking. Six were severely injured, and one is unaccounted for till this day. We don't know what happened with him. If he's kidnapped or was murdered, we just don't know. 75 days in. And I want to start by mentioning one specific person, Ophir Libstein. You can see his picture behind me. He believed in peace and worked towards it. And one of his known sentences was that this is 95% heaven and 5% hell, and that we can make it 100% heaven. If you ask the residents that we've talked with firsthand they told us that on the 7th of October it became 100% hell.
1: I uh, just to stop down real quick on uh that what she is saying in that moment about this person who was murdered uh you know on October 7th who foolishly believed that it was 95% heaven and 5% hell. Um, it's, it's almost, it's like insulting in this way that I, I find, um, mind blowing, uh, mind blowing in its disrespect for the, you know, for the dead and for the person who, you know, and, uh, Noi, maybe you can speak to this, the idea of using someone, um, I'm not saying that the, uh, you know, uh, person who started that kibbutz was necessarily an activist or a peace activist, but I'm saying, um, the idea of using, The death of someone who believed in peace, ostensibly, as um, naive, and using it as a as a tool to uh, to try and get people to accept the deaths of innocent civilians in Gaza. Yeah,
2: I think it's like a really nice, like a really regularly technique. Like, -hmm. um, I think the it's like. The question of risk, like um, the people in Gaza or in uh, around of Gaza or in Israel, live with like almost no risk, and they never mm-hmm. feel any risk of them being like they feel um, in heaven actually most of the time. while yeah. the people in Gaza—they
0: were just rated the fourth happiest country in the world. That's I, right. I don't know when that poll was taken. <laughs> I bet it was before October seventh, but <laughs> but the but the Israeli government tweeted it out, being like. Yes, Even yeah. Even with all of our trials and tribulations, we're still happy. Now look at who's bottom of the list, and Iran was
2: one of the and this is supposed to mean something.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So and, and the moment that is that and the Palestinians, of course, always have risk because always uh the army can come and settlers or whatever can do or you can just get bombed or you can just kill get killed. Right. And like the moment that Israelis feel a little bit of a little bit of what Palestinians feel in their daily life, so they're like shocked. I think that's part of the Asbara. Like the of seventh October, they really, they they're really so self-centered. I mean, I think they really can't understand right. what Palestinians feel in their daily life. They, yeah. they have no idea, so they think it's going to impress people that they show them. Oh, we lived in this amazing life, and we had a little bit of problems, and now like they don't, they don't get that's... the power relations. They don't understand yes. what's going on that's a
1: great they point don't, that's a yeah, really don't great like point
2: it,
0: they don't like it when the unlubed dildo of consequence comes at them right uh, right right shows up, shows up in their bathtub uh right you know it, it occurs to me kvar Aza is like what three kilometers from the gaza border
1: mm.
0: you know so they said it used to be 95 he- uh heaven five percent hell well it's really what it is is the gates of hell i mean it's it's like the it's it's just, it's like the, the little rest stop outside of hell. Right. Yeah. Enter. It's the
1: bathroom break and, right before <laughs> and, the,
0: the, and the fact like I said this on October eighth, you know, that uh, that festival,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: rave festival outside. It's obviously tragic that anyone died there. As sad as it is and as innocent on one level as those kids are, that event was not innocent. They were having a fucking party, a psychedelic Spiritual pro peace pro love party on the outskirts of a ghetto yes or a concentration camp and the fact that Israelis are able to live there in such proximity to hell and mm-hmm. not feel hell except five percent is just unsustainable
1: yeah it's uh, it's a question that i've always had i mean i you know i think as americans <clears throat> we uh, we also live um with a small I mean, with a version of that where there is a uh, sure. we all live with a um a hypocrisy uh you know in proximity to you know uh, uh things of uh, like horrors of a, sy- a systemic nature that we are the beneficiaries of at least in white america um, and I looked at that festival with a, a similar feeling to you, Daniel, in that I, I looked at that and I said like the number one, I, I think it's framing as a peace festival seems a little bit, um, uh, disingenuous. I, I think what they meant when they said P- it's a peace festival is they're talking about pur you know, I, was,
2: uh, I, am not in, I, I know all of the peace festivals that happened because it's yes. a really small level. Of, and like, I don't think there were like Palestinians or any signs in Arabic, so I don't think it would be a peace no. festival. No, no,
0: no, no. I just mean peace yeah. vibes, man.
1: Like- no, no, no. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what they meant, though. They meant plur. Like, if you know anything about dance music and EDM in America, plur, it's peace, love, unity, respect. And they took that, you know, fucking milk toast ass phrase that, you know, kids on Molly say when they're already fucking high. <laughs> and, you know, they go, oh, man, I love festivals because of Plur. You, taking that and then kind of like affixing it to any EDM festival is automatically a peace festival. Therefore, it's uh, it's even more tragic and evil Um, what Hamas did it's like no it was a festival it was a music festival outside of an open air prison and that's not to excuse the deaths that's not to say that anyone there deserved to die or any of that but it's like that kind of um, like that kind of contradiction living in that kind of situation in which you would feel comfortable um, and not think twice about the idea of doing uh, having your dance party um, with bass that can probably be heard in Gaza, um, you know, like, uh, just having that and not feeling anything like that, to me, I look at that and I go, that, that seems strange.
0: And, uh, you know, yeah, we've had the, we've had the term pep for many years, progressive, except for Palestine. Right. Well, now we, now we need plur <laughs> Yeah.
1: Peace, love, unity, respect, except for Palestine. <laughs>
2: Uh, I wanted to say about yes. that what, something very interesting about this video is like the, the that they really like to show that Israelis wanted peace, but the truth is that every time before the seventh of October, after the seventh of October, I talk about peace, I get so much hate. Right. And every time I talk about good, like about peace, and then everyone tells me how I'm naive and uh, so and suddenly, <laughs> Oh, they love peace. I mean, the moment they can use it for propaganda that like we really do we like yes of course i'm still a jewish in a in, in zionist country and i have privilege but we do we do a lot of work i mean activist yeah. work and whatever and like we get so much hate about it yes and, and the moment that they can use it for them yeah they can use it for the narrative so they take it as much as they can it's like Amazing. That's
1: that's a great point too. That you're you're 100% right. That is something that yeah, you get nothing but shit for being a peace activist and then as soon as, you know, you can uh, a right winger can use it for their own political purposes of showing the folly of peace. That's the time where you go all oh, these, you know, these these poor unfortunate souls who believed we could ever make peace and didn't know nice. that yeah. That we have nice to musical theater
0: reference. I, I, yes. I appreciate <laughs> the the musical theater reference there. Well, I got to love Little Mermaid, you know. I I noticed when I was in Israel 30 years ago for 10 months on Kibbutz Urim, which is 26 miles from Cholit. Mm-hmm. Uh I just looked it up. Uh that Israelis amongst themselves and to us didn't use the word Shalom. They used the word Sheket. Mm. Which is quiet. It's yeah. the same word that our counselors would would sing at us at summer camp to get us to be quiet. Check it, bavakasha. Hey. hey and that was like their way of, you know, yeah. <laughs> quiet quiet please. And yes. it that's very telling. It's very different to be a quiet activist than to be a peace activist, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a that's, that's a very a, good point.
2: That's one thing that is really in Israel. So I was a uh, I was in a student like uh, activist group. Called uh, Stand, standing together. It's a bigger group, but I was in my university specifically, mm-hmm. and there was another group which is called the reduction of the conflict. Like the, <laughs> the movement for reduction of the conflict. I love it. Let's get let's
0: <laughs> let's water it down, baby. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. My my dad used to tell me this. His favorite <laughs> book was a Hungarian political satire book called The Good Soldier Sveik. I think it was called classic. I've never read it, but in it there's a political party called what is it the party for moderate social Ch- incremental moderate social change within <laughs> the bounds of the law <laughs> that is
1: great yeah. oh my god but, but, i love reduction know- of the uh, uh, of the conflict is beautiful because that is just so that is it's oh just god, I- so careful it's like uh it's like trying to it's like try <laughs> it's like someone with no teeth trying to eat a steak <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just gumming it like don't worry we'll get there eventually oh wow no but, but those people of the reduction of the conflict yeah so it's like not funny because in, in israel it's really a thing people think that they can manage the conflict like it's a high-tech company you know
1: Yes, we think,
2: that we think because we're so good in high tech, so we can also manage the Palestinians. Like we don't notice that Palestinians are people. And, yeah, like and all of this thought—that's exactly what brought the death of my brother and all of these people. Because you think you can, reduct- you can reduce the conflict, you can make it smaller. Ah, those noisy Palestinians—we can uh, put them in the concentration camp. But like, if you put so much pa- force, so you get it back. Like it's like so obvious for me. Yeah. And, like, it's so sad that me and my brother and people like us were saying it for years, but just get hate and, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really, um, I mean, I, fighting against that current in Israel, I can't imagine how difficult it was, um, you know, for you. And I can imagine, you know, why you would want to get out. Um, do you think that, um, you know, when people talk about, you know, the left in Israel, uh, they almost uh, they talk about it as like um, non-existent in a way. And I, I always kind of like, um, I don't know, I pulled back at that a little just because w- while on a percentage basis that might be true, uh, I, I I feel like I happen to know every then I know every peace activist in Israel. Is that, is
2: that the case? Um, um, but yeah but it's, it's it's important to say that also, like twenty percent are Palestinian of citizens of Israel, right, and they are by the way it's it's really funny in Israel because they get so much hate that they are a lot more left and a lot more pragmatic than any like any Israeli than ninety percent of the Israelis, yeah, like they're so leftist.
0: I did an Instagram live uh, this morning with two Israelis who have just started a great podcast called One State Solution. I don't know if you know Ooh. these guys, Alon, Alon, and Elik, and we should totally have them on this show. Man. I I, um, I love
1: the name too.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And their and their YouTube channel is Hebrew Canaanite or Canaanite, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and someone in the in the chat asked, you know, how big how small a minority are you guys? And Alon said anti-zionist jews like us like not just ceasefire jews but anti-zionist israeli jews he said we're no more than a tenth of a percent you know
1: well yeah i mean uh, it's it, i do wonder the um in terms of the spectrum of people on the left in israel um the i i i mean i can i know already that the media in Israel obviously doesn't give any air to anyone who would consider themselves an anti-Zionist Jew, or if they did, it would be, um, you know, the, uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, the orthodox, you know, anti-Zionist sect that's there, and they just frame them all as like, oh, well, if you're an anti-Zionist Jew, you're just... Uh, you're uh, some sort of religious extremist or something like that, rather than being (laughs) what every anti-Zionist Jew that I know personally is, which is just a uh, secular humanist (laughs) who is against apartheid. Um, But uh, in your experience, Noi, was um, was the community, uh, was there solidarity amongst the people in the spectrum of like, you know, from the reductionists to the, you know, anti Zionist secular Jews, or was it um, stratified in this way in Israel where the anti Zionist Jews all stuck together um, and the, you know, the reductionists all went to liberal or, you know, uh, center right think tanks or whatnot? Like, what was your experience?
2: um how do you call it after you sorry my English isn't the best mm-hmm. um after you wake up after you drink a lot of wine and then you get oh, hungover hung yeah no
0: Hangover.
1: but
2: like, uh, no, but you're you're not drunk anymore you want to say like I I just dis- I got oh this- so- sober yes yeah so so everyone after 7th of October everyone wrote we are sober I'm sober the Palestinians don't want peace blah 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 wow And like in my opinion, it's a very big thing. And everyone, it's like, it's a thing. It's a phenomena. The sober phenomena, I would say.
1: How do they say um, it in, in, in Hebrew?
0: Uh, so
2: they're saying they were,
0: they were, hitpakakti. So there was, yeah, I sobered up. So they were saying, basically, I was drunk on coexistence. I was drunk on hope and possibility and humanity. And I have now sobered up and I've gotten that talk, to- those toxins out of my system. And I can see clearly now the love is gone. The- <laughs> the hope gone, is gone. I can that. see clearly now, now the, hope the hope is gone. I can see
1: all the Palestinians in my way. Uh, <laughs> um so i'm sorry but this sounds like the worst 12-step program i've
0: ever heard Uh, (laughs) getting sober from love (laughs) my name is noam and i'm somewhat and i'm a i'm a hopeless peace activist hi noam keep coming back
1: yeah 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 keep coming back it's not working Um, i
2: saw one of them writing uh she wrote in her stat in her uh she pinned it in on facebook i'm still on facebook that's my uh thing
3: I'm yeah still,
2: i'm still in that age so um she pinned on facebook the things i was an activist against occupation all my life and what and all of the terrible things that the occupation did doesn't even get close to what happened to the, seven, the 7th of october oh, wow is.
1: crazy crazy so, i mean it's like was, uh, yeah. It's it's interesting to me, uh, just as you know, uh, I, I'm sure also with you, Daniel. Um, you know, as people who lived through America during 9/11, like I looked mm-hmm. at the I looked at this as like uh, very similar in terms of the way that people were um, reacting, where all of a sudden all of the air was taken out of the room by anyone who even uttered the idea of coexistence of peace or the, you know, and in America, it was like anyone who's even talking about the idea of not seeking re- revenge for these attacks. And, you know, the, the difference was um, we needed targets. Um, you know, we didn't have uh, a giant uh, refugee camp uh, in our midst in America to immediately pin it on. Um, you know, we, we had to figure uh, I out
0: you, y- you could have chosen Saskatchewan, but
1: I mean, we should have, but we yeah. didn't, uh, <laughs> no, but like we, you know, uh, we had to, we had to like g- g- gin up support. We, we needed to manufacture consent. We needed to find a reason why it had to be Afghanistan and not say Saudi Arabia or whatnot, you know, and, yeah, and, and why it had to be, uh. Uh, Iraq and not Iran
0: um and, and and not and not the Pentagon
1: right and not the Pentagon and not you know uh the Halliburton's location in Texas but like yeah. we we had to um you know like uh, yeah all of the air was sucked out of the room for anyone who was even remotely thinking of the idea of like let's not overreact and so i I gave a little bit of um a little bit of grace to uh israelis that i knew who uh were in that you know state because i was like i remember feeling you know the same way i mean i was a a kid but i was still um you know i was like yeah i think this means we gotta kill everybody um which is i think the logic of a child and not the logic of sound adults um but in the months now that it's been, and the amount of death that we've seen, do you see anyone in, uh, you know, that you know, um, changing their tune, Noi? Like, uh, are people who got sober, are they maybe dipping into the peace wine again at some, you know, in
2: some way? <laughs> the toxic peace wine. Yeah,
1: the toxic peace <laughs> wine. Are they chipping a little bit?
2: <laughs> um. Well. So there is a little bit. I mean, most of it, I, I think I feel a little like it's, Israelis, it's very difficult for them to give empathy to Palestinians because we were indoctrinated all our life that they aren't worth anything. So it's a little <laughs> difficult. But if you talk about maybe the hostages, so they may start listening. Like, so I I, I try not to say like, I'm against killing of Palestinians, no one will care about that right. I say um, you know this war is killing the hostages and they are like uh, some of them will say you're right some of them will say but like and what's funny is that Israel is offering like the Hamas like uh, they're saying okay listen bring us back the hostages and then in two weeks we're gonna come and crush you totally like <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> i know we're gonna gonna,
1: the logic of it makes no sense and it hasn't made sense from the beginning and and it's one of those things where i i just like you know where everyone thought they were going crazy one of the big reasons is we all said like okay so bombing all of gaza will for sure kill the hostages right and also they, they kept saying like no we can't stop this or else uh we'll never get the hostages back and it's like wait do you think that they're holding the hostages, uh, like because they want? Like, what does the ransom note say? Like, you better keep bombing us, or we'll kill these hostages.
0: Like Don Corleone, Don Corleone. <laughs> what's your plan to bring back the hostages? Oh, I'm gonna make them a make them an offer they can't accept. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just
1: the idea of uh, of like saying with a straight face. These hostages will die if we do not raise where their current locations to the ground, is just.
0: Or, or, or pump poison gas into the tunnels, which my yes, mother or... recently accused the army of doing that you gassed my son like Auschwitz. Can I say a couple of things about 9 11? Oh, please. The 9 11 comparison? Yeah. So, number one, Israel self consciously used that comparison very oh. cynically in oh, the yeah. weeks after this is our 9-11 whatever biden and we said it was right. like he,
1: he said it was 9-11 times like 10 or something which is a line from team america world police
0: right which means that is israel's response which was more immediate and more proportionally destructive uh though it's so far hasn't lasted nearly as long
1: mm-hmm.
0: is going to be Israel's 9 11 2, which is a fucking disaster and was yeah. based on lies and all of that. I also wanted to say, and Noah, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this quote unquote sobering up thing, it's not new. Um, mm. I, I track it at least to the Second Intifada, which was mm. when the Israeli peace movement yeah. started to fracture and die. You know, like I remember being in Israel and I had a Meretz party t shirt. And I think we might have even met Shulamit Aloni and Yossi Sarid. I think they may have given us a talk. And these were heroes. These were actual peaceniks who understood that the kibush, the occupation, was wrong. It was Mm -hmm. morally wrong, and it was bad for Israel, and they wanted to end it. But when the second Intifada happened, and this is one of the dark legacies of Oslo, this illusion that we offered the Palestinians something. And yet again, they proved Abba Mm Eban's fucking horrible dictum, right? That the Palestinians never miss an opportunity opportunity. to miss an opportunity. And it's kind of like, well, fuck these guys. I'm done with them. I'm over them. We're so over them. We just, we can't with these Palestinians. And that seems to me to be the moment where things started to consolidate. Right. And a lot of people who wanted to be leftists, uh, you know, basically came over to the center. And once you're in the center, the playing field is tilted. Once you're in the center of the seesaw, you're going to the right.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I think it's like the, I think the problem is that Israelis like think, as I said, they don't see Palestinian. The, the thing that Jews need to control Palestinians in Israel. It's like, it's, it's a common sense. No one, no one questions that it's right. so obvious. That we Jews need to control the Arabs, the Palestinians in yeah. Israel, also in 48, the Palestinian citizens of Israel. We always need right. to be a, minu- uh, a majority. Right. We always need to have. Uh, we need to have these r- laws again that they will have land, and also, of course, in the West Bank and in Gaza. We this is the only way we know, and it's very difficult for Jews to think of a different way of that it can be possible because they are convinced at the moment we won't control them. They will kill all of us. Right. That's that's what that's what Jews believe. Believe they because I guess because in the back of their mind, they know what they did to the Palestinians all these years. So they're I like, know. oh no, they're gonna just gonna
3: yeah, I know but...
0: Right. if I if I get my knee off this guy's chest and remove the knife from his throat, he might insult me or he might punch me or he might get his friends. Yeah, it might you might. Know, they're lost me. in the sauce and the sauce they're lost in is supremacy and it's addictive. Once you're Yes. It's yes. very difficult to break it and I've wondered what it would take, you know, it's going to have to take an internal collapse plus an external amount of pressure plus some kind of terrible defeat it seems to me to for them to get to the place where they just see the futility of it. I mean, what what snapped the Germans out of it? A massive colossal defeat and the internal crumbling of their own ideology and just the exposing it as as hollow i it's it's I, the only I, thing i can imagine i mean the you know what
1: i try to see in my more optimist brain um and i know you know optimist brain is never a good brain to use when it comes to israel and palestine no, it's, but it's uh okay to have it in the room uh, yeah uh i i you know i've said this before but uh without the United States full backing um i don't see israel as pulling a rogue state i see them as you know uh being uh as being south africa they you know as being you know having a government that will uh push and push and push as far as it can as far as it's allowed to go until Uh, it's, you know, support by the biggest bully on the block, the United States is pulled. And once that happens, uh, they, they have to, um, you know, they can't continue on. They can't continue on. Their security is predicated on the idea of constant, um, support. And, uh, I, you know, and maybe I'm just being an optimist here, but you know, this idea of them like, oh, you know, if it's not united states it'll be some other country supporting us and we'll continue this i i i see too much um cultural similarity with uh and kinship with the west to for them to for you know israeli citizens at the very least to look at and no one wants to be south africa no one wants to live with that shame um and i think yeah and i hope that you know uh, ending support will
0: push them in the right direction, but who knows? So, so number one, go China. Uh, number two, <sighs> like, like God speed the day when the American Empire crumbles. But number two, my my only my worry about that, Matt, is I mm-hmm. agree with you that they won't be able to keep up their regime. But my question is, how many, how much destruction are they going to cause on the way down? Because if you have people in power like Ben Gvirus Smotrich, even Netanyahu at this point, totally captured by those people. He doesn't really need to be captured, he was, he was a fanatic. You know, really? the settler movement. There was an Israeli politician in the 1970s, I forgot his name, but he said, and I'm only paraphrasing a little bit, that we need to make the world believe that Israel is a mad dog right. that will, would rather bring the entire world down with it than surrender, and he said, and in fact, that is what we are. Mm. And I call it a suicidal death cult that at a certain point, if it felt backed into a corner, even by the US, there is a suicide vest, it could it could pull, Mm. it could pull the the, the cord on which is the nuclear arsenal. I don't Mm. I don't know how Noy feels about that. But I just sense the potential for that kind of fanatical refusal to ever be vulnerable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, what do, do you have uh, any thoughts?
2: Uh, I can just agree. I mean, I think uh, that that's the point of liberal Zionism and why they are kind of leaving because they were like, they they didn't think that it will become this worse. They were like, okay, we're just like we're doing a really nice uh, right. occupation. We're we're really nice. We yeah. we go to the army, so yeah. the Israeli soldiers are more moral and we don't do. That's such right. terrible things to the Palestinians. That's why right. we go. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, yeah. change it from the now, inside.
2: Yeah, yeah change from the inside. And but yeah. now these people took it out of control. This is not the nice occupation, the uh, cultural one. You know.
0: Yeah, I had an, I had an experience on kibbutz once that taught me everything I needed to know about being a liberal Zionist or a well-intentioned occupation soldier. Because a lot of the times people would say about these Yeshkov types, the uh, you know, the meaning there is a limit. That was the conscientious refusers uh, right. organization back then. Um I don't know if they're still around, but they would say, Well, you should go because better you go than some racist bigot serve on that patrol. You know, you at least can you know speak right. up. Well, so on kibbutz, we had different uh um anafim, you know, work branches. Um and I worked in Hashkaya most of the year, which was irrigation. And I once drove over the national water line of Israel in a tractor in an act of unintentional sabotage and caused a <laughs> geyser about thirty meters high that everyone from the kibbutz could see. I became oh. an instant infamous legend yeah. there.
1: Thank you, comrade.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably water being stole from the Lat- Latani River in in, <laughs> yeah, all right. in, in, in in the West Bank. But but uh yeah, exactly. Exactly. My first act of, of anti-Zionist sabotage. But before I settled on irrigation, which I really enjoyed, and we were not far from Gaza either, and we we would see the Gazan workers coming in for the day back when they still allowed Gazans in. I worked in the Lule for one day, which is the chicken coop. And I came into the day with the best of intentions. And I came into the big fucking you know prison that the chickens lived in, in these tiny cages, and they're all squawking, Mm -hmm. kind of squawking moderately. And I said to them out loud, I actually said, all right, chickens, I'm not your enemy. I'm here to just get through the day. I want to feed you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to hurt you. I respect you. I wouldn't want to be in your situation. I'm sure you wouldn't (laughs) want to be in mine. You know, we don't like each other. We don't have to like each other, but let's respect each other and please respect yourselves. Respect yourselves and respect each other. Like, have some dignity, and we're going to get through this just fine. And by the end of the day, I was like, I want to fucking annihilate every one of these (laughs) chickens. Because they were pecking at me, pecking at each other. They were absolutely miserable and insane, driven insane by their misery. And because I couldn't hate myself or hate the people who sent me in there. My default was to hate them and to want to hurt them. And I was like, oh shit, this is what happened at Auschwitz. This is what happened in Vietnam. And this is what happens in the territories.
1: Yeah. You started off as the most moral farmer and now, (laughs) and now here you are. Yeah. Well, to, to wrap this up, um, talking about uh just the continuation of the video um that i wanted to play uh just shows to me um the purpose of all this like the purpose of these tours like if you're if you're to read about them in like the um jerusalem post um or anywhere um they they talk about these tours as like remembrance it's like they set up mini holocaust museums essentially and they almost call them uh you know as much um and you see in the way that they are going to continue talking about this that uh what the purpose of all of this is let me see if i can try to get it back add to stage we What's
3: go. the correct terminology here? I honestly don't know. Gazan civilians, regular Gazans. But we're talking about Gazans that were not associated or affiliated with Hamas that come in and they loot.
1: So Most re- of
3: it wasn't even the terrorists doing it, it was the looters that came to loot.
1: So right now they're just, you know, once again there are no innocent Gazans. That's that's what she's saying there. Uh, by the way, there
2: were also looters and uh, Israeli looters that came to the festival, the Nova Festival and took stuff. And it was yeah. Also-
1: yeah. And also uh, in in Gaza. Uh, right now you are seeing um, a bunch of looting going on, uh, including TikTok. just TikTok
0: yeah, uh, looting.
1: Yeah, like yes. Yeah. I mean, lo- yeah, yeah, it is. It is nuts.
3: And as you as we will walk later, THROUGH THESE LANES YOU WILL SEE PICTURES OF THE YOUNG PEOPLE HERE THAT WERE EITHER KIDNAPPED OR MURDERED IN THEIR APARTMENTS. TO SEE IT, I MEAN, THIS LOOKS LIKE JUST A HORRIFIC HORROR MOVIE. BOMBS IN THE BACKGROUND. AND IT it REALLY MAKES ME ALL THAT MUCH MORE REALIZE WE'VE JUST GOT TO STAND WITH ISRAEL, AND ISRAEL HAS TO BE ABLE TO DEFEND ITSELF. WE'VE GOT TO CONFRONT IRAN. WE CAN'T BE GIVING IRAN MONEY. And we've got to push
1: for a change of leadership in Tehran. Okay, so now we're talking regime change in Iran
3: for no fucking reason. All those 25 nations who had civilian people who were kidnapped and taken into Gaza to be used as human shields and bargaining chips, um, who, who should never have been involved in all of this. And I want the world to unite and be angry, angry at Iran for providing the money, angry at these Hamas terrorists, and quite frankly, angry at the Palestinian people who voted to put Hamas in power in Gaza.
0: Wow, Kevin yeah. Spacey has really gone downhill.
1: <laughs> I know. Ever since ever since he lost House of Cards, he's just really leaned into, you know, uh the drink and uh and foods that
2: are butter based. Um I mean, that was interception- ex-governor what's that? No, this intersection of uh, American right wing and Israeli Asbara is like an explosion. <laughs> I know. I know. You get them in a room together.
1: You get Israeli Asbara and you get uh, a- a- American evangelicals. And they're talking about bombing Iran within the first three seconds. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're, they're already like just immediate the immediate like pivot to uh, Tehran regime change is like, wait, what, what the fuck? <laughs> like before they've stepped in a room, they've already had this a conversation in their head together about what they want to do about Iran. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, looking at that kind of Hasbara, you just like uh, uh, you, I think it paints the most clear picture um, in my opinion of what the Israeli government is, um, willing to do, um, to get people to continue this, um, you know, ethnic cleansing and genocide, like this, this, uh, campaign of revenge and the fact that they are literally willing to sacrifice the lives of the hostages from, uh, from that kibbutz, and sacrifice the uh the residences of the people who survived and who just want to live back in their communities again like they they just saying nope that's ours now and we're using it for this purpose that to me is uh um yeah revolting and you know yeah it's pretty shitty
2: it's like it's like yes they just want a green light to continue to do whatever they want and they're willing to do everything like and all of the you know i want to say the thing that in in israel in my university you could get many scholarships for doing Hasbara. you go into this Hasbara program all year it's like a scholarship and you get money for it and like and these and i'm like all these people are putting so much energy in explaining the propaganda of the government and they don't even understand that they're doing. like instead this is the best way to make citizens who never ask questions if they all the time are convinced that americans and people hate us we always need to explain so you always think what to explain you never will criticize yourself for what you're saying you know
0: yeah well isn't that the root of the word hasbarah yeah
1: that's right to explain you got some explaining to do all right that is going to do it for us here. Um, Noy, I want to thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking with us uh, about your experiences and, you know, um, condolences uh, with regards to your brother. And I really respect um, that you are someone who is trying to um, wrestle back the narrative uh, from these ghouls and w- warmongers who are going to try to use the pain of uh, your pain and the pain of other victims of the seventh to uh to continue this bloodletting so yeah. i think you're i think you're great
2: thanks for your work yeah yeah
0: um
1: uh, yeah
2: it's made me it's like for me it's a good experience because it's all of these thoughts i had of israelis around propaganda that i don't really have who to talk to and it's very it's very, very made me laugh and helps me to hear this in the podcast so that's why i oh. love the podcast
1: that yes. That makes me feel great, and it it makes it worth doing. It really does that
0: uh, that is awesome. Um, I think I think if anti-zionist Israelis or anti-zionism curious Israelis felt less alone in the world and knew that there is life after yes. that ideology, um, I wonder if it would ease the the transition, you know, and that's the hope. So thank you for saying that yeah uh
1: thank you noi and uh thank you daniel mate i i love i love having you uh as my uh my new sometimes co-host you're uh you're insightful you're brilliant you're beautiful um and uh
0: you just have a great smile and uh well i i love being had by you and it takes (laughs) one to know
2: that's right uh, I should thank- leave I feel like i'm
1: uh, I should leave no no so, no, no 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 I it's like- getting hot I know. <laughs> it's getting real
2: hot in here oh boy uh, uh,
1: badhasbara, uh at gmail please uh you know voice send voice memos uh any experiences that you've had that you'd like to share send emails questions comments concerns uh patreon slash fraudcast to donate uh, and all right everyone um Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, from the river to the sea. <clears throat> shoe fly, don't bother me. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a new one every time. Jumping jacks <laughs> was us, push ups was us. God, my God, us.